Welcome to the Physician Associate Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Physician Associate Podcast. My name is James and today I am delighted to be joined by a fellow Physician Associate. Welcome to the show, Natasha. Hi, everybody. My name is Natasha Warner. I am a physician associate and I am also a community outreach lead for an organization called Your Stance. I was really inspired when I heard about your work with your organization and how you're using the skills that you have as a physician associate, your clinical skills and your knowledge um, to help and support in this really worthwhile cause. So before we get into that, do you want to just tell me about you, your life before you were a physician associate, your training and how that all of that stuff came together for you being a PA? I am qualified at the end of 2011 and got a job in London. Um, so I initially worked in the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital um, in a very specialised unit, which was spinal injuries rehab. Um, and I ended up staying there for five years. Um, so I had a really great team, very good relationship with my consultant, um, who really kind of inspired me and pushed me. And it was really great. Um, but then I just decided at that point that I wanted to expand my career and change, do something different for a while. So I then applied uh, for a job in primary care. So I worked for a couple of years in a GP practice in Camden. I then took some time out and did a bit of traveling. And then I came back and locumed um, with locum PA. Um, so I locumed for different periods of times, some just kind of ad hoc day-to-day stuff in GP practices. And then I had longer stints in the hospital. So for example, I worked for a few months um, at Bart's Hospital um, and I was working in cystic fibrosis unit. So again, very specialist for a few months. And then the pandemic hit, then was asked to do some locum work in the various intensive cares uh, within the Bart's Trust. So I worked um, in intensive care in Bart's, intensive care in rural London and then I also had a period of time at Newham Hospital where I was on different wards that had kind of been made into kind of HDU settings for COVID patients and so I was there for a while and yeah I gained obviously a lot of experience in that time yeah it was a it was a strange time but I gained a lot of experience to add to that I think through my PA career, I've done different things as well. So I worked for a period of time at Brunel University. So I was an associate lecturer there for a period of time. And then I also did some kind of ad hoc work for them. So interviews and examining. And I've always kind of been keen to be involved in the progression of the of the career and the um, kind of trajectory of PA in the UK. I was fortunate enough to have done my elective in America, actually. I, I was in Phil uh, hospital in Philadelphia uh, for a month at the end of my training. Um, and so I got a real insight into how the PA role can work and how autonomous PAs can, can be and 
it was a really again another really inspiring time for me um in terms of my career um and yeah i've always kind of tried to promote and yeah i guess yeah encourage pas um that you know there's a world of things that they can do and their their career can be quite varied as mine has at the end of towards the end of the pandemic i came across this organization called your stance so your stance is a preventative educational project that teaches young people at risk of serious youth violence how to do basic life support cpr and how to stop a bleed uh, and i started off with them as a volunteer so i was going to um teach young people in at their sessions which uh, they do at a variety of settings. So they do sessions in prisons, alternative education provisions, so where young people have been excluded from mainstream education, and in community settings such as youth clubs, sports hubs, things like that. So I started off as a volunteer and I was doing kind of a few sessions here and there. And I really, really enjoyed the work I was doing with the young people and also with the team. So the organisation was started by a nurse from the Royal London Hospital who works in paediatrics and trauma. And she saw, you know, a lot of young people unfortunately passing away because they had been victims of knife violence and like nobody at the scene had done anything to stop the bleeding. Um, so she decided to start this project. And after working with them for some time, I showed, you know, a lot of interest in developing my role within the organisation. And so eventually they asked me if I wanted to do um, some more work with them, which involved networking with the community, setting up sessions within the community settings, uh, like, you know, a bit of work around recruitment of more volunteers and this is where I started to try and recruit more PAs into the project and doing yeah various different roles that I hadn't imagined I would be doing but I guess um, as a PA these are the skills that you are you learn and that you you are equipped with to do these kind of roles everyone in the organization um, is a healthcare professional and we kind of advocate for healthcare professionals the other side of the project is that we are trying to encourage healthcare professionals to get involved more in their communities and to try and improve kind of compassion and understanding of young people so they can improve their communication with young people. Um, so, for example, a lot of healthcare professionals in acute settings, for example, in the A&E, um, they find it hard when obviously the young person has been through a kind of significant traumatic event and there's or there's many young people around and they don't you know it can be hard to communicate in that setting and you know especially when you're struggling for time you kind of some of your communication skills can go out the window um, or just not having that real kind of knowledge of what those young people have been through in their lives and um, so we 
that's the other kind of part of the organization is trying to give healthcare professionals the chance to meet young people in their settings and to talk to them about their lives and what they've been through and in that way we hope they develop a bit more compassion and understanding and um, can communicate better with them in the future. Brilliant thank you Natasha. I can't help but wonder is there something in particular that sort of inspired you to get into youth and community work like this? So I guess I've always felt passionate about giving back to my community. Um, so I actually grew up in central London in Camden. Um, I was always kind of in and around youth violence. Um, unfortunately, I was ne- never victim and I never actually saw anything myself, but it was happening quite a lot around my community and as a young person, I used to attend kind of some youth clubs, uh, I used to participate in different uh, community events. So I guess I always kind of had that um, inspiration growing up that I wanted to maybe want at some stage give back to my community. And I'd been inspired, I think, in my time by various youth workers or sports workers Um you know just the attention that you can give to young people can make such a big difference um so I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this kind of work um, or enjoy doing this work line of work and I've actually done a lot in Camden where I come from and I've been back to some of the youth clubs that I used to go to as a young person uh, and it feels really good um, to be a part of it now in in a different capacity and to be you know sharing your knowledge and experience with young people we're not just teaching skills but we're also sharing our experiences with young people and some people young people won't ever have that opportunity to to speak to a healthcare professional in, in any other setting than when they're unwell and, you know, some, some of them are interested in careers in healthcare and it's, you know, having that opportunity to learn about the different trajectories and careers and pathways that they could take or they were interested in some of the experiences that you've been through. So I think that was a big part of why I decided to get involved um, with the organisation. I imagine you don't work in isolation as part of your stance. I imagine there are other partner organisations. I'm wondering, do you link in with parts of the NHS, parts of the police, other organisations within the community? Yeah, so we are actually affiliated with the NHS Violence Reduction Unit, um, which is um, led by Martin Griffiths, who is a trauma surgeon from the Royal London Hospital. And he's been a massive advocate for the organisation, helped us um, grow and continues to. Um, So we are involved um, with them. And there is a massive kind of public health need to try and reduce serious youth violence. And they luckily see um, your stance as one of those measures. Um, So they are trying to help us um, to grow. At the moment, the organisation is 
mostly London-based, so it was originated in London and most of the sessions are held in London. However, we do hold national training programs for other trusts in the country who are interested in setting up a similar model. Um, So we have set up um, in Sheffield, we've set up in um, Southampton, I think, and we're in the process of setting up in Cambridge. So we are approached by different yeah, individuals of different organisations who come across us and say, look, I'd like, you know, there's a need in our area for this kind of work. Um, and I've spoke to our trust and they're, you know, keen to evolve uh, this model. So uh, they'd like to do the training. So it is something that uh, you can get involved in if you're not living in London. Um, but it obviously it, it requires a collaboration with your trust and other individuals who work with young people and who are involved in serious youth violence. Um, We also do work with the Met Police and the London Ambulance Service. Um, So we run sessions alongside them. So we do work around the role of the police in in an emergency and, and we do work around communication with the police a lot of young people are very hesitant to contact 999 because of police intervention so we try and do a lot of uh, work around barriers um, to calling the police and we do a similar session with the London Ambulance about their role in emergency uh, setting or or traumatic event and um, we also do work with mental health partners. So we do a lot of, um, well, in within all our sessions, we try and do a lot of psychological grounding work. So where we try and ground the young people before we actually start the sessions, because we know that for a lot of them, it can be triggering and um, the work we do. So we do, we are very aware of that. And we always obviously, and at the end, we always do like a debrief session and and we um, try and do a bit more grounding at the end. And yeah, we do have separate sex- sessions on kind of lift, lived experiences and mental health. So we bring in partners, for example, there's an organisation um, called St Giles Trust and uh we bring in their in their youth workers uh, who do some work around lived experiences with the young people, and yeah, mental health sessions are talking about feel, feelings and emotions, um, especially for teenagers and how they can how they deal with their emotions and kind of signs of mental health issues. And we always try and refer them on to different organisations if we do pick something up within our sessions. And obviously we have um, a very good safeguarding policy and uh, because we do get incidents, well, not, not incidents, sorry, we do get occasions where young people disclose sensitive information that does need to be escalated from a safeguarding point of view. Thanks, Natasha. I can imagine there are often some difficult situations to discuss and obviously lots of feelings. 
what are the positives that you take away from doing a role like this? What have you learned about yourself and what have you gained in doing this role? So I guess a lot of the work uh, that I do for your stance, I never really imagined, you know, that I had that skill set. So a lot of the work involves networking and meeting other individuals in the community. I guess the main thing I enjoy is actually doing the sessions. So I still um, lead quite a few sessions a month. Um and I do most of my sessions in community, so in youth clubs or sports clubs. And I find it really rewarding um, teaching young people and, yeah, giving them these really essential uh, life-saving skills that they they don't get anywhere else because, unfortunately, it's not part of the school curriculum and they don't really have access uh, to these kind of trainings in any other setting. Um, so it's really part of your role job in in is to try and empower them. And I think with that, you then feel empowered. Um, and I think that's the main thing I get out of it. But more widely, I've just found that, um, I, you know, I didn't really feel like I had these skills as a PA until, until I started doing this job um, because, you know, everything was very clinical and you know one kind of root of things and I didn't realize that I could do so many other things and this role has showed me that I can you know so I do a lot of networking of liaising with community partners and you know it's really nice when you find somebody with a common passion for the community and trying to improve things for the next generation and yeah, and just, you know, young people find it very valuable, this, what you're doing for them. But yeah, for example, I went to um, a conference the other day, which is the London Mayor Youth and Communities Conference. And we were split into groups um, to discuss various topics. Um, so I was part of the discussion group, which was for serious youth violence um, community partners um, and the topic of the discussion group was youth violence and so it was various um, questions posed to us about um, what can be done and how young people feel about this and we were put into very small groups so we had a couple of young people and in my group I also had uh, two youth workers from different organisations in London who are trying to make changes in their community. I, in the discussion group, kind of talked about the work that I'm doing with the All Stance and the work that we've done across London and how we are trying to you know, empower young people. Um, we know that it's not a prevention, but... Uh, we we hope that it will help kind of some aspects of, of the issue. And at the end of it, the young person who was there, he said, you know, they had to feedback to the rest of the um, wider group on what they'd taken away from the discussions. And he said, I just want to big up Miss. So he was talking about me. And he said, because the work she's doing is really great. 
he said, um, you know, people have been fighting for years. We've always had war. There's always been kind of rivalry and gangs. And, you know, that's something that we might not be able to solve. Um, you know, that's not going to be an easy solution. It's happening all over the world. He said, but by empowering people and young people with the skills of, of saving a life, it, that's really something powerful. And when you hear a young person comprehend that, then, you know, you feel really good about, about what you're doing. Amazing. Wow. I'm sure this episode would have inspired others to think about the skills that they have as physician associates and perhaps want to get involved with charities that or organisations that they're aware of. If your stance has struck a chord and people want to find out more about your stance in particular, where would you point people to go to find out more information? So we have a website, which is yourstance.org. Um, and on the red website, there's plenty of information about the organisation. Um, and if you are interested in volunteering, then um, you just click the button volunteer and there's will take you to a page where you fill in your details. So it's just kind of personal details, plus uh, you need your DBS number to sign up. And once you're signed up, then you will receive a monthly um, mail out, which will have details about what's going on within the organization and the different uh, workshops that you can sign up for. Um, you can also follow the organization on Twitter and Instagram. And so it's your stance underscore CIC if you're interested in seeing some of the sessions we've got videos and pictures and various different things going on uh, so there's loads of ways to get involved so yeah it's, it's worth um, just following us on kind of social media or signing up by the mail out um, but also I'm happy to chat to anybody who might be interested in volunteering with us or something similar in their area um, so you can always um, contact me. Thank you, Natasha. And I will leave your contact details in the show notes so that people can find out how to get in touch with you on the episode notes on their device. And thanks to you for listening as well. I hope you found that an interesting episode to find out more about some different organisations in which PAs can work. If you've got ideas for a future episode of the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Please get in contact with me at PA Podcast UK. And I hope you'll join me again for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Precision Associate Podcast.